Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I'm, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the sandy dunes of Alabasta is Patrick Ramirez. Hello, podcast land. Happy to be here on this fine, fine uh, day. And also joining me from yet another undisclosed location in the is Matt. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you're right. I really can't get into the details on this one, but uh, pleasure to be here as always. Let's just say may or may not be involved. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say they're not involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, am not, I am not doing anything related to any in any capacity at this time. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we won't say. Uh, <laughs> all right. So in these chapters, chapters 637 through 653 of the One Piece manga, Luffy shows off his new hockey abilities in an all-out fight with Hody Jones. Shirahoshi attempts to lead Noah off course. Um, Hody stabs Vanderdecken in the guts. Zoro squares up against a drunken octopus man. Frankie faces off against a squid guy. Brooke, Usopp, Robin, and Chopper all also get their own matchup. Uh, Shirahoshi attempts to... Uh, oh, I already said that. She attempts to take the Noah off course. Uh, but then Vanderdecken bites the dust because he slips and breaks his neck on a curb or something. Uh, <laughs> everyone is trying to stop, uh, find a way to stop Noah from destroying the entire island, the civilians are evacuating, and Hody admits that humans never actually did anything to him. He just kind of inherited Arlong's will. Uh, so anyway, Noah is about to destroy Fishman Island, and Luffy attempts to destroy it with the Gum Gum Elephant Gatling, which was cool. Uh, Shirahoshi calls in the Neptunians. They stop Noah from falling, so Luffy doesn't have to punch it. Uh, turns out that Luffy and Roger both have the ability to hear the voices of the Neptunians, but not necessarily speak to them, I think. Uh, for some late reason, Luffy needs a blood transfusion, even though that has never been a thing <laughs> until now. <laughs> uh, Jinbei agrees to join the crew, but he can't quite yet. Robin and Neptune have a chat about Joy Boy and the Lost Century. We learned about a power struggle in the Marines between Aokiji and Sakazuki. Uh, Caribou foolishly tries to kidnap Shirahoshi right at the end. Um, oh, and <laughs> also the Fishman are on hook for a destroyed candy factory, I think. And like Luffy ate a bunch of candy. Anyway, uh, Luffy confronts Big Mom over the telephone and uh, she threatens to destroy Fishman Island. And Luffy takes it under his own protection and claims it as his territory. Uh, at the very end, we catch up with Smoker and Tashigi. And all the Straw Hats say their goodbyes to their new fish friends. The end. Is that that was Fishman Island. Is that all that happened? <laughs> That's literally everything. There is not another single thing that happens. You know, uh, for as much as that happened, it really only grabbed my attention <laughs> with, the, uh, with the Noah coming into its imminent uh, target. Like mm -hmm. imminently hitting its target and the back kind of kind of like a shadow of a backstory. Of uh, Noah hitting, and then you get like the the um, Neptunians, you know, kind of grab it and save it for a second, and they save Noah, and then you get kind of like a little snippet of like 
I don't even know if you can call it a snippet. Like you get some words that the people said about like that just make Noah sound even more intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then also um, Shira or uh, Sashimi. What's her name? Um, Shirahoshi. Shirahoshi's um, power comes into play. You find out she's the weapon. I was like fucking hooked for that part. Oh, yeah. But like all the fighting, I was just like checked out, man. <laughs> so like there, there's a lot that I do want to talk about. But yeah, like with the fighting, I think it's it's like cool, but. Like, when Luffy takes out Hody, I didn't even know that that was happening until they're like, Hody's down, and he Luffy's... And he's like, what? Yeah. I thought that it was just like any other hit. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And he even <laughs> says before that, they're like, oh, it's not as powerful underwater. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, and then you just killed him? Like, okay. Or like, you almost knocked him... Like, you knocked him out, basically? Yeah, like, I, I feel like Oda was really trying to grapple with the problem of, like, how do I have luffy fight a guy underwater and then he came up with, like the whole air bubble cannon thing which is a thing they have for some reason mm-hmm. um and it, it's almost like it, it took more of his time and effort to figure out the answer to that question than it did to like come up with a way to make this look cool because it i i've kind of ranted about hody before and i'll rant about him a bit more today i'm sure but like i don't know maybe the worst like climactic fight of any arc i i, I don't know like I think Hody's cool. I think that, like, like his fighting style, I mean, I, I think it's cool that he's like a shark with like a blade on his back and he's just like kind of very quickly swimming at people and like slicing them up or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel climactic at all. It just kind of felt like a thing that had to happen for the story to, to move forward. The plot demands it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm glad it's not me saying it. <laughs> so I'm just going to sit here and. Nod my head and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, fuck this arc. <laughs> <laughs> Shit sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to go was, that far, but. <laughs> I mean, the beginning, I thought, I feel like I was like kind of propping it up. Like, no, I think it's got some good points. And then this part, this second half, I was like, man, still, it's just like bullshit now still. <laughs> I, I, I think that it, it's like I realized after reading this section that like a lot of the stuff I was saying in the previous two episodes was just literally me remembering stuff that happened here, but forgetting yeah. that I remembered it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of what my complaints were, were things that they made really explicit here that they kind of hadn't before. And I forgot that like Prince Fukuboshi literally stares at the camera and says, I know what Hody's deal is. <laughs> His deal yeah. is. He doesn't have a deal. He's just a psycho. And I'm like, yes. I think he's, uh, yeah, that's all he's been since he showed up. We know. Yeah, that that was like, wow. I Oda is such an like auteur, but you really feel his hand in that moment where he's like, I understand what's going on now, and I'm going to explain it to you. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that... It, I made a comment recently that, like, there there does seem to be not a lot of Japanese, like, manga or anime that tries to, like, head-on deal with, like, themes of racism and hatred. Well, I mean, not hatred, more racism, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he he was definitely feeling the profundity of the subject matter a little bit more than I think our American asses was, because uh, that's just not so uncommon a, a thing to dig into here, I guess. I, I don't really know. I... I like One Piece's sincerity, like, for as much as we complain about how nobody ever dies and it kind of undercuts the drama sometimes, I do like that Oda, I think he said in the SBS, he's like, death is, like, a serious thing, and, like, this is supposed to be a fun, jokey manga, and I don't want to, like, treat things like death and, like, murderous intent or whatever too, like, cavalierly, so. 
I yeah. don't know. I, like there it, are plenty of other mangas and comics to yeah. read that have that in if you excess. Wanna, yeah, if you want to read Berserk, read Berserk. <clears throat> it's great. You should read Berserk, but that's not what One Piece is trying to do. It's kind of trying to be Looney Tunes, but like also, you know, good, but fun. I also wonder if there's a dimension that we're missing too, because <laughs> I, I maybe should not say this, but I think it is accurate. Uh, like Japanese racism and American racism just being so different, like fundamentally to where yeah. it's like, it doesn't really seem like this is landing for me. And it's like, yeah, it's because America and Japan are two countries with, uh, let's say, a rich history of racism, <laughs> but doing but racism different. mainly in, in very <laughs> different, in different ways. ways. Yeah. 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 Very different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, like, I, I feel like this was like a, a drawback for me, but at the same, like, I don't really fault Oda for it. It's more like, oh, you're such a sincere guy. <laughs> I appreciate that about you. Yeah, and I say this shit sucks, like, lovingly. It doesn't suck, but uh, it's just not what we're used to in One Piece, you know? But there is good stuff, so I do want to talk about some good stuff. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, the monstrous chopper moment, his uh, monster point. <laughs> also, I think even um, in his, like, normal human form, Zoro said, like, oh, you're, uh, even your human form's looking pretty monstrous, and I, I mm -hmm. think... I think that was Zoro saying, hey, dude, you're looking pretty jacked, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like you're a monster in that way, you know, um, and, 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 and Chopper Chopper's, is like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine with being a monster if it's to protect my friends. Like the only reason I wanted to be a human was so I could have friends. So if my friends need me to be a monster, then fuck, yeah, like I'll be a monster, you know, that also made me think later on, which we'll have to get to this in more detail, but um we hear a bit about what the Blackbeard pirates have been up to and how they're hunting devil fruit users mm -hmm. and choppers like, Oh no, they're going to be after me. And somebody's like, who the hell wants to turn into a human? Nobody, nobody's going to give a shit about your fruit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have wondered though, what would happen if a human ate the human, human fruit? Didn't, I, um, wasn't there like a little, a little bubble? I think it was you stop thinking of it. Like when they are talking about this problem about like them hunting devil fruit users and Usopp's like, or was that chopper? It was like a really small bubble, and he was like, oh, who's going to, nobody's going to want to hunt me with the human, human, human fruit or something I, like I that. I think it was Chopper, like, being like, oh, no, they're going to come after me. And then I think it was like Usopp going like, nobody's going to care about that. No one's going to care about that. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> yeah, worry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was, yeah. Um, and I also, when he went, like, full-on monster mode, oh, I really yeah. liked how i think it was you saw was like oh you've like really been like working on your abilities or whatever and he starts doing like the bashful thing where he's like <laughs> stop trying to butter me up and like doing his yeah. little like dance where he like wiggles his butt and he was, i was like that shit's creepy like stop yeah. doing that <laughs> didn't, didn't right before that didn't he say like yeah you can talk to me for three minutes it's like yeah. no problem i've been practicing <laughs> like three minutes before i go into complete rampage mode yeah yeah, the, the chopper stuff I, I really liked. Um, well, like, everybody get, like, kind of shows off, like, a, a new upgrade of some sort, right? Like, Frankie gets General Frankie, um, the, the hilarious, like, he just pops out to use the actually strong moves. Um, Robin can literally just, like, create entire clones of herself now. Um, or, like, I don't know, how much of it is her creating clones and how much of it is her, like, just kind of, like, blooming her entire body somewhere else, almost like she's teleporting. 
Um, Nami's got these like insane weather moves that basically make her like a Dungeons and Dragons like sorcerer now. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's great. Frankie also has laser beams, and I love the the response to the laser beam where uh, Chopper and Usopp are both like, "Oh my god, it's a laser!" I think even Brooke is like super impressed. And then there's a frame where it's just Robin and Nami just like completely straight faced no reaction at all <laughs> that's one of my favorite recurring gags it's just the the goofier guys being a thousand percent into the lasers and the girls being like i don't get it and then <laughs> sanji and zoro never seeming to take notice of it at all <laughs> i guess <laughs> i think secretly they're they're impressed oh yeah i think so too but they're too cool to like go all you know star ride over it yeah <laughs> uh, we were talking about Usopp a little bit too um there was a part where he <laughs> he said like i'll be able to take you out in three moves or whatever it'll be yeah. checkmate and then he like reflects and he's like man like three years ago i would have said that and it would have been a total lie but now yeah. it's actually true <laughs> yeah that was cool he's like hey i'm not useless anymore i can actually yeah. do things <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Well, Patrick, uh, uh, earlier you mentioned finding out about Shirahoshi being Poseidon, and, and, and I, John, unless you had something, I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, so, a few episodes ago, I mentioned that my favorite thing about Shirahoshi's power was something I couldn't talk about yet, mm. and, and it was this. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal, yeah. Like... I feel like, you know, one of the things that the Poneglyphs has really been hyping up have been the concept of these three, like, world-ending weapons, and realizing that, like, we've been following one for, like, a couple dozen chapters, and that, like, it can be a person, too, not not just, like, a, a machine or a device of some kind. Really sick. And, and, and I like that they're not underselling how strong her ability is, either. I think they, I think her father explicitly says she has the power to destroy the world, yeah, and, that was that's like how they refer to it in the royal family is like mm-hmm. the weapon that is capable of destroying the world, which uh, I'm pushing my glasses up my nose and I'm asking, <laughs> how do you know that? Because the world is still here. So how do you well, know? She's the, she's reincarnated almost, right? Because like the, the mm-hmm. princess is born every, I don't know what they say, every generation or every know, once in a while. Every few centuries. Every few um, centuries. Yeah. That and, someone is born with the power to to control the neptunians yeah so and let, let's dig into this a little bit too right so we know from the pone glyph um well so we know about the mermaid princess who can control the neptunians we also by the way find out that neptunians are intelligent and seemingly ancient they they don't talk about whatever happened in the past as if this was a thing that they were told by their like ancestors or whatever I, it kind of makes it sound like they were there for whatever they're immortal. They're well. they are immortal yeah. sentient beings that Luffy has been killing and eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's always so hard to tell. Like, what's just like a giant sea monster, and what's like a proper Neptunian? And, and sometimes I have a hard time figuring it out. But so yeah, like there there's a prophecy of the Mermaid Princess who can do this, and then there will be another figure that will help guide her and use her power. And and I think there are some very clear parallels here to shirahoshi and luffy um where shirahoshi really credits luffy you know and she says you know if you weren't trying to save you know our civilization like at the risk of your own life i would never have been able to 
kind of, you know, get the hang of this in some of the Neptunians to, to help everyone. Um, there's also clear, like we find out that the Poneglyph um, was an apology from Joy Boy to the Mermaid Princess at the time. So I think there are a lot of real clear parallels here that Joy Boy, it was the figure that guided a Mermaid Princess. And Luffy seems to be fulfilling an equivalent function for mm-hmm. the new Mermaid Princess. Um, yeah, and they also point out um, that it was he was apologizing to her for a promise that he was mm-hmm. unable to keep. Mm-hmm. And that whoever his progenitor or whoever his uh, inheritor or whatever is will make good on that promise. But he was unable mm-hmm. to at the time. So, And it's and, related to the Noah, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah they refer to Noah as a promise that uh, was also un- unable to be fulfilled. And, and, yeah, they're going to look after it until the time comes to use it. So, none of this is explicitly spelled out, but I don't think it needs to be. Like, you can you can really tell. And I think that. You can then take all of this and then fold it into Madame Charlie's prophecy. Yeah. Which they explicitly call out at the end that, like, it didn't happen yet, but it, it still could. Um, I think they imply that it still is going to happen. Yeah. Like, that her vision is true, you know? And, and you get all this combined, and we find out that, like, Noah was intended to be a vessel that was, like, physically moved by the Neptunians. Um, I also just have a really interesting, like, throwaway line of, like, can it be repaired? Like, we may need them to help. It's like, who the hell are they or them or whatever? Interesting. But to me, I, th- I think it really suggests, like, like a, a possibility where Fishman Island is destroyed in some capacity. Everybody leaves on the Ark, right? Noah's Ark. It's pretty obvious what reference he's pulling here. And they get taken somewhere else, um, probably the surface, like like they've been talking about. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens. All right, new theory. One Piece is part of the Song of Ice and Fire universe. Oh, man. (laughs) It is the dystopian future in which the wall has melted and flooded Mm -hmm. the the globe. Well, yeah, like, you you, kind of joked it, like, well, the world's still here, but, like, it's a really weird world. And, like, I've been joking calling it Waterworld for a while. (laughs) Like, what if it is? Like, what if it wasn't always a Waterworld? What if something just went completely haywire back in the day? Because... There's a lot of weird things, and as easy it is to say, like, oh, yeah, that guy has goat horns because, I don't know, it's One Piece. What do you want? <laughs> Maybe ultimately there will be an answer for, like, why are there so many, like, weird dudes running around? <laughs> um, like, I didn't I didn't connect this until reading the wiki a few minutes ago, but, like, we meet a guy who says he's part of the Longleg tribe or whatever, and this is a concept that was introduced from the like menu of and this just feels gross saying it but i don't know how else to say it the menu of slave prices uh from oh, the yeah. auction house where like <clears throat> they mentioned long legs as like going for more than regular humans um so what what's that about <laughs> i don't know it, it, there's a lot that could be going on there is definitely a lot going on in this yeah i found world. that whole part that that whole section was just the most interesting to me yeah. of these chapters i, I would agree with that it's and almost also like just, this art could have been like 30 chapters long. <laughs> um, we are, yeah, I, I, it, we haven't even gotten into it yet, but uh, I, I think that if any criticism could be made of like the post time skip stuff, it's that some of it really could be shorter than, than it is. <laughs> but I don't um, know. It, uh, just one last thing I want to throw out. I, I do like the, the very just human moment with the Poseidon stuff of like, it, to me, it's really clear in the subtext that, as Robin says, is your daughter Poseidon, um, that this is like 
something that Neptune has been terrified of his entire life. Like this is the one thing he never wanted anybody to find out was that his daughter was this thing because he knew like she would be at the top of the list for like everybody in the world mm-hmm. if that ever came out. And, and I don't know, I appreciate him like kind of, you know, being drunk and th- thinking he, she was hitting on him at first, but putting his trust in her to just say like, yeah, we can, we can actually talk about this. I want to hold back. And Robin to her credit was like, if you don't want to tell me, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, totally. Uh, Patrick, what do you, what are your thoughts? Do you have something you wanted to chat about? Um, if we're moving off of that topic, that's kind of the biggest, <laughs> the biggest chunk of what I wanted to talk about was that because the fighting was uninteresting to me. And then, um, you didn't like the gum gum red hawk? Nope. Sorry. I just, <laughs> it's just, cool. it just all melded together and it was just like, excessive fighting when i was not in the mood for excessive fighting (laughs) what did you Uh, think about zoro's titties being out i did not think about those john but i know you did (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to hear your thoughts on those (laughs) huge tits on this guy yeah yeah he's fucking stacked i i love the move just being like i'm going shirtless baby like Mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing what about was it uh wasn't was Frankie the one that went shirtless at the end with like the weird cut on his chest and then the wood hair horns things? Was that Frankie? It was I don't, at the end. Oh. Uh, I don't remember been... any horns. There were it was like hair that was like in the shape of like beetle prong kind oh, of. Oh, that was thing. that was that was Frankie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the end. Yeah, yeah. You remember I that don't... part? I remember him doing that and thinking, like, I think there's a gag being made here that is going over my head. It's not Um, landing. It did not land for me. I was like, okay. (laughs) It's another power of Frankie's. It's, well, because, like, he can change his hair now. I think we've seen that. Um, But, like, why he made his hair look like a a stag beetle or whatever, Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I think it's probably some Japanese, like, joke that is just not meant for Western I think, uh, like, little boys in Japan just love those fucking beetles. They do love, yeah, a lot of kids love beetles. Um, it's, you know, Japan isn't all Tokyo, right? Like, a lot of it is still pretty rural, and um, just going out and, like, collect, catching bugs is a big thing. And especially for, like, if you're a city kid and, like, going on a summer vacation to visit relatives outside of the city, I think that's just, a, like, a really beloved memory for a lot of Japanese folks is, like... Yeah, man, I had a great summer when I was 12. I saw these giant beetles. I caught them with my little net. It's awesome. <laughs> it's great. It was sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you in the middle of something, Patrick? I did interrupt you by objectifying oh, no, no, no. Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll shout out really quick. Brooks, uh, crazy new, like, soul abilities. Oh, and yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot. Yeah, l- like, I, I forgot. I realized when I was reading that, it's like, oh, I guess I didn't have like a super firm grasp on what Brooks' actual powers are. But yeah, yeah, he can he can displace his soul from his body now. He can do this weird soul magic to like kind of like enchant people with like an illusion and and take them into it. And he also just like his sword is an ice sword now. Basically, <laughs> it just does ice damage because of the, the yeah. chill of death. Yeah, that it implies cool. he can infuse his sword strikes with his soul, which has mm-hmm. the icy character of death. <laughs> yeah, like that is some badass shit. Like when I, um, 
when he got that sword out and it's like, yeah, it's got the icy touch of the dead. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a badass. I wish I had that in my D&D <laughs> campaign. Yeah, and he can also like suck his bones back together using his soul, which is oh, yeah. nice. Kind of makes him like an elevated buggy in some ways. Right. It, it helps like address to me like the kind of the issue of like how do you have multiple swordsmen on your team while they're still like really distinctive from one another. And it's cool. Like giving him more, a little more supernatural stuff helps distinguish him from um, Zoro and also just him being kind of like the, the one cut fencer duelist type, as opposed to the guy who will just like hack you to death with three swords. Just Yeah. Blast you to death with three yeah. swords. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Brooke's stuff is, is really cool. Brooke's powers are so funny because you can tell that I, at least that I don't think that Oda really knew what he was going to do with Brooke. Yeah. And he just kind of started tacking stuff on, but it does weirdly. I mean, it fits the theme and it just is cool. So I mm-hmm. don't really question it. Um, oh, he can remember in Thriller Bark, he can also uh, drink milk to <laughs> repair his bones. <laughs> so that's, that's another right. part yeah. of his fruit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luffy has meat, uh, Zoro has booze, and uh, Brooke has milk. Gotta have something <laughs> you can consume to heal you. Frankie right. has cola. Yeah, that's a very good point, yeah. <laughs> oh, can I bring up something weird, actually? Sure. There was one of the SBS where Oda drew the marine leaders as kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Akainu looked like he was like all beaten up or something. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like that is another one kind of like Kuma's and Blackbeard's yeah. portraits as kids where it's like, hmm, what's the what's the deal here? Could be some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. It, oh, it's Garp really also. Garp as a kid was fucking adorable. I was like, I would die for him. Look at him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just Luffy, but looking somehow more feral with a gnarlier <laughs> eye scar. <laughs> it is true. He looks more feral than Luffy yeah. somehow. Like, like this child will bite you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if we're ever going to find out about Garp's childhood, but it, it's almost like he dropped off Luffy to be raised on a mountain by mountain bandits because he like Goku had at one point just been a kid living in the wild <laughs> or something. And it's like, well, I, I came out tough and, and Hey, I didn't have a Dan Dan to look after me. So yeah, you're fine. I'm being a, a great grandpa. Yeah. He you also know. had the, uh, the pipe, like, uh, what's his name? Some... I'd, I'd have to, um, I don't remember. Another that. Uh, that. Yeah. The third brother, the dead oh, one. Sabo. Yeah. Sabo. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The little details that go into these are, are always really fascinating. It, it's cool when he's, he's dropping little maybe hints. Um, what else do you guys want to chat about? I, I did want to shout out something I meant to shout out last week, but forgot to. But it comes up again here, which is that the Straw Hats really do not think of themselves or want to be thought of as heroes. Um, I really like that. I, I like that Zoro's explanation for what heroism is and why he doesn't want to be a hero being the same as Luffy's only with alcohol instead of meat was very funny. Yeah. I want the and, whole bottle. Yeah. It's like a hero gives booze away to other people. I want all the booze. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that thing where they have to treat every time they leave an Island, even if everyone there loves them, like they're escaping or running away. Um, it's just a very funny gag. And I love them being like, wait, <laughs> like, we have to, we have to throw a party for you guys and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back for that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh man, and then the whole thing with the bomb in the in the treasure. Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. I liked that little ridiculous <laughs> uh, plot device that they use there. You gave all the treasure away. Oh, what about that one thing that had the? Oh, you mean the thing I put a bomb in and like <laughs> it's gonna explode when someone opens it? Oh no, we gave that away too. <laughs> I, and I love that at one point they're like. You know, I bet she won't even open the treasure chest. I bet I may, uh, it's the been a they while. can walk away from it. The bomb's probably not even active anymore. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's not quite clear if Robin actually heard them or just like, what are you two muttering about weirdly? <laughs> <laughs> you never know with Robin, man. She's a smooth operator. She keeps her cards close to her chest. Yeah, it can be really hard to tell. Um, we did that might uh, be a- kind of actually see Big Mom, too. I mean, what did you guys think about that? We should talk about Big Mom. A couple times, yeah. I love Big Mom. Big Mom is maybe my favorite like villain in the entire series. And um, I really love what we get of her here. Because like we don't really get a clear look at her. But we can tell she is incredibly big, <laughs> very scary looking, and has totally psychotic eyes. And just this gigantic like slavering mouth. Yeah, and all of her uh, crew actually calls her mom, which is, like, very psychosexual in a way to me that I, I was not okay with. Well, it, it's almost like a corollary with, like, how Whitebeard's son all call him Pops, and, and everybody on uh, Big Mom's crew calls her Mama, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll find out a lot more about Big Mom later, but I don't know, the art on this is just so, like, shaded and scary and weird-looking and dark, and, and I thought really did a great job of setting her up as somebody to be kind of afraid of. And then, of course, Luffy going, hey, well, you know, sorry, the candy's for you. I didn't know that or whatever, but uh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then I'm going to make this island my first piece of territory. So (laughs) smell you later, Grandma. Also, he said he ate 10 tons of candy. (laughs) So he didn't say he ate 10 tons, but he did say I ate all of the candy that was here that would have gone to you. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise. What, what did you think of Patrick? Or what did you think of Pat? What did you think of Patrick, Big Mom? Ah, uh, I really thought Patrick was such an interesting. <laughs> you think that's what she sounds like. Podcast. <laughs> uh, where's my candy now? I think Big Mom sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, she does look like she sounds like that. Uh, I thought Big Mom looked cool. I um, I, it's like such a sm- such a small snippet of the character. I didn't really yeah. know what to make of it. I just thought like. Oh, is this Elvita? Is what, what I thought. Like, did Elvita go to the New World and like somehow <laughs> been killing it over there, and now she's Big Mom somehow again? Went totally <laughs> but, crazy. But uh, it seems like a cool character. The candy thing is insane to me, and also I think a little bit funny. Like that's her <laughs> tribute. Like she doesn't actually care yeah. about treasure. It's yeah. like the trip. It's not even tribute. It's like she has a candy factory <laughs> and wants the candy. And and I think that's such a great thing too because it is like funny and weird but also just kind of underlines that like this is not this is a a strange brain that we're dealing with here like this is not a a, a pirate it's, a, thinks, it's like a joker yeah exactly it's it, it, it she seems like really weirdly irrational um or just on a totally different wavelength and you can just like at one point she like literally seems to eat one of her subordinates <laughs> um for no reason. Just like, hey, are you excited for the tea party? Like, oh yeah, I can't wait. Like, Great, you can wait in my stomach. So I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, she she's nuts. Um guys, it's kind of crazy. Like that tea party is in four days. That's like not that much time to Oh God. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves now. 
Patrick, but one of the infamous things about the next two arcs is that they supposedly all take place in like two days, which is bananas because it's like something like 130 chapters. Oh my god. It, it's, <laughs> uh, 130 it, chapters? Something like, well, so like specifically the, the one that everyone points to and goes like, come on, uh, is 100 chapters long. It's by far the longest arc so far, and it all takes place in like one day. Yeah. This is going to be like the prequel to Song of Ice and Fire. Isn't it like <laughs> Storm of Swords and Feast of Crows take place in the same time? Uh, was, um, Dance with Dragons, Feast for Crows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A Dance with Dragons? No. It's Feast of Crows and Storm of Swords. No, it's no, fucking not, Patrick. John, John, really? John's correct. Yeah, it, Dance with Dragons takes place that time? Books yeah. four and five take place at the, the same time. And, and Oh, man. We're also getting at, we're going to run into a bit of that here, too. There's going to be some <laughs> parallel action happening, too. Yep. Man, One Piece is so fucking crazy, but uh, back to Fishman Island. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about this horrible arc? Nope. Uh, just while we're on Big Mom, I, I totally forgot that Pecom, Pecoms and Baron Tamago show up here. Um, I was happy to see him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um i guess <laughs> i i no, i i actually i sincerely like the big mom pirates and i like i don't know i like baron tamago a weird egg looking dude who has like a japanese egg like food pun name who just has a weirdly random french accent <laughs> sometimes um Pecoms has like tiny eyes that just make him less intimidating when he's trying to look scary and he's wearing like a suit or a tux or something um i don't know i i i I did kind of like the stuff with like the kids, um, even though it's still like the kind of very heavy handed, like special after, you know, after school special one piece episode uh, about why, you know, hatred is bad. I, I don't know. I, I like this thing of like the kids getting freaked out, like are humans really that bad? And like these adults are kind of like, I mean, yeah, yeah just on reflex. And I, I like the moment of Charlie saying like, you need to like use your own eyes. And just look at what's happening, take it all in, um, and figure it out for yourself because, you know, that that's the only way you're ever going to, you know, form your own opinion on this stuff. And I liked that um, all the fishmen from the fishman district were basically like, okay, look, you guys are on probation. You're going to join our army, <laughs> which we find out later. It's kind of a, a little two birds, one stone thing. Like, yeah, we just got like 40,000 extra soldiers. So, uh be harder to invade us now but also like yeah we're, we're gonna just kind of shut down basically the slums like this separate area where like the underclass lived and you know we're not gonna have yeah. an upper class and a lower class anymore everybody's here in one place um yeah i don't know kind of clumsy and awkward but like, i i appreciated all that uh, i didn't really remember all those details yeah because i don't know like maybe i'm just not remembering something or i didn't read it close enough but like what is the relationship between like mer people and fish people is it just like they're all equal or is it like the the mermaid people are kind of like a higher caste or something i don't know Aren't they like prized possessions for collectors basically so that's different from like fishmen yeah but i'm which I'm, were just like scourged i'm talking about like in their society though like oh you know I what I mean? well so like this is one of the big problems with this arc too is that they never really explain like what the deal is with the Fishman District. They're just like, oh yeah, here's the Fishman District. And I don't think they even make it clear. It's like, it's at the bottom of the ocean. They don't get to live in the nice bubble. But it's not like a racial thing. It's like a lot of fishmen live on Fishman Island. 
it's just like that's where like the poor rough and tumble types are, I guess. And they just they, happen to be mostly fishmen and not mer people. Yeah, like they he just never coherently like spells it out, which, which is weird because I always think of Oda as like the the diagram dude. He's got a map for everything, and he's, <laughs> right. he's really like thought out. Here's how everything fits together. <laughs> he should have been and like, "This is the tiered class system." <laughs> for, for real. <laughs> And I don't know, it's almost like he went through that thing of, like, showing all the different, like, districts on Fishman Island, how they're all responding to, like, Noah falling. And it's like, just give us a, I don't know, man, give us a little map or something. Show us what, like, give us a little something to hold on to. Um, I don't know, man, it, it, it's just not very coherent. It, it, it's just these were, these are the more outlaw-y types who I guess were poor or something and, and ignored. I don't know, because you're right, it never really explains. And, and it. it there's this comment from a random fishman islander of like you can't let those people up here uh and yeah it's not clear it's like are you talking about fishmen are you talking about those just the the people that lived on the bottom like that because i don't know like there's this idea that you know this hatred that we were trying to stamp out of fishman island the whole time the fatal flaw in that idea was we were ignoring the, the place where it was festering the worst and that's what ultimately came out you know to bite us so i don't know i i think it's kind of cool to take this idea of like however badly it was set up like a, a stratified society and just saying like, Hey, you know, we're still a monarchy or whatever, but I'm like the communist King now or whatever, <laughs> you know? So like every, like just one class, <laughs> one army, one King, we're going to keep our shit tight. Um, while Luffy declares war on the person whose territory we are in, who was about to kill all of us until Luffy successfully taunted her or whatever. So, so far. Um, yeah. So far. <laughs> um, I also like the gag of the uh, the new fishman pirates, the bad guys, uh, just becoming very feeble old men at the end. It it's kind of a stupid payoff for like the energy steroids being so cheap, but uh, I, I'm glad there was ultimately some consequence from that. I do love that. Uh, really, Hody did just solidify his spot as a shit heel because mm-hmm. part of his flashback was him. Coming across these extremely dangerous and cheap drugs and being like, can we use these? And it's like, bro, come on. And I got to say, like, what? why did they just have a chest of drugs? <laughs> well, they also didn't they? I thought the explanation like kind of made some kind of sense. Yeah. Because the king, doesn't he say like, oh, he wanted to call him. Well, actually, no, the part where he says they wanted to call him treasure to keep people away. And I was like, that's like the one thing you don't call something to keep people away is call it treasure. <laughs> it <laughs> really it wasn't. It wasn't actually treasure, but like he, uh, when they wanted to like stockpile him and keep him away from people. But then like when they says, okay, we called it treasure to keep people away. I was like, that's not how that word works. I, I, I think what he was trying to get at is like, oh, we're going to misrepresent what this is to our direct descendants so they will think it's treasure so they'll want to keep it safe from other people um but that also doesn't make any sense why would you like it, it, it's like the the um pluton blueprints being passed down it's like no you you tell the next ship right hey these are very important and it would be bad if they get out so like keep them close you don't go like oh actually this is a really cool thing uh this is a yeah. million don't. dollars <clears throat> but also like with that weirdly hyped up explanation, but then he just gives it to like the guy whose power is looking like the dirt people are stepping on so he can get <laughs> stepped on all the time. It's like, hey, you can just reproduce this, right? It's like, oh yeah, totally. Which is how they just have like a million of them from this tiny little bag at first. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's like, what's the, going on there? 
Well, I think the energy pills probably are going into the dustbin of One Piece, never to be seen again. So, oh, yeah. We don't have to really think about them anymore. You, you did. You did remind me of another uh, part that I wanted to bring up was the. I don't even remember who the fight was against, but the guy that gets stepped on. Mm-hmm. He gets his foot on his head, and then he's like, "Oh, you may not realize it, but I'm headbutting the sole of your foot right now, extremely hard." <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I did like the bit of like he can never admit to like anything going badly for. Like I think Brooke stabs him, and he's like, "Ah." Little do you know, I've just blunted the tip of your sword. And and Bert's like, I just stabbed you. What are you you talking about? Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh, good shit. Good shit. Uh, Last Uh, last call on stuff. So yeah, let me let me hear it. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. I I I did like it overall. I, I I love the exploding chest gag, and I don't know, like this arc is really cool in the way that it's setting up stuff that hasn't happened yet. And, and this is doing a lot of heavy lifting for setting up like the new, the new world section of, of like the story, but it's kind of hard to, for the best thing about an arc to be this, the stuff that's setting up stuff that hasn't happened yet, you know, but yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's cool that we're talking about this now though. Cause like I mentioned to John um, before we started recording that, and I didn't know this, I haven't checked it, but I, I saw a post on the subreddit that, Apparently, as of today, uh, that is October 12th, uh, when we're recording this, t- uh, 2023, the post-time skip has been a thing for longer than the pre-time skip One Piece. Apparently, pre-time skip One Piece ran for 4,790 days. Holy crap, that's a lot. And as of today, we're at 4,791 days for the post-time skip. So it's right in the middle, very transitional. And um, we haven't even technically entered the New World yet, but we're about to. Um we find out that uh, Akainu is the new fleet commander, that Aokiji has left the Navy. That the after Black- a fight. After a big fight, a really bad fight. Um, we find out that the Blackbeard pirates have replaced Whitebeard, which I think makes it very bittersweet when Whitebeard said, like, you all need to go without me. I can't follow you into the new age. Um, and then just to kind of find out, like, oh, yeah, all those people, um, sounds like they were all wiped out off screen. Um <laughs> Oops, that sucks. Yeah, you also got to think some of them probably went over, you know? I mean, that happens when any army breaks apart. Yeah, really. some probably went over, some of them probably didn't, though. And we might, I don't know, see a couple familiar faces down the road. Maybe, maybe not. So, All yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? No, that's it for me. This was a, uh, there's not a lot for me to bite on in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Well, I, the- I feel like when, oh, sorry. You're good. Go ahead. I, was just, I feel like when people say, you know, one piece at its worst is still pretty good. This is what they're thinking of. <laughs> There's still nuggets of stuff that's interesting all yeah. the time. Yeah. I still had fun. It's just, it's, it's just not the meat of the story sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with that, we will get to our ratings and reviews, as always, beginning with Patrick. What do you think, buddy? Oof. After my uh, propped up score for the last chapter, which or last uh, bit of these this arc. Which which was better than this part? The second half really is not that interesting. I'm gonna give this a three and a half out of seven Barry Kingdoms because I think we've pretty much covered. Um, there's just not a lot to go on. There's some nuggets of stuff that is interesting, like the Noah ship and the Poseidon thing was the coolest part. But uh, mainly just ready to get into the new world and see what kind of cool crazy shit happens and like how the log pose is gonna work. Like that's insane. Oh yeah, uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm excited about. So, 
I think I said three and a half out of seven. Mm-hmm. As for myself, um, I thought this arc was the worst one so far, <laughs> but there was still good stuff in it. Um, there was some good stuff in the first chunk, and I think the middle chunk that we c- covered last week was probably the worst. Uh, and this one, again, had some stuff for me to enjoy. Um, I did like some of the fighting, although it, it never really felt like there was a lot of stakes, obviously, just because, like, I don't know. I guess that would be a whole thing to go into. But it didn't feel like there were stakes, although I did like the Red Hawk when Luffy somehow fire-punched <laughs> Odie. Don't worry about it. We're not going to explain it, but it. I thought it was sick. Um, the Chopper stuff, the Usopp stuff that I talked about, all all great. So I think uh, I think I'm going to uh, hold hands with my friend Patrick and do three and a half Berry Kingdoms. What about you, Matt? And this this is a tough one because like I, I really do like a lot of the stuff here. And Fishman Island is just a place is cool. I, I like the idea of like this sort of Atlantis, like the sunken like kind of aquatic city. And that's why it, it's a little frustrating that as well intentioned as it is, this is the most like trying to teach you a lesson arc it feels of anything because i think what i really wanted was just to hang out in fishman island a little bit more just like see the cool buildings and hang out at the like the little cafes and kind of take in the culture a little bit more um and just not have everything be so like dire and serious the whole time i think that's part of why i liked water seven is that it's more of an espionage thing so like everybody in the city isn't freaking out all the time over you know what's going on but the art's nice. Um, it's got funny moments, like the the moment you know, somebody referenced earlier about uh, Vanderdecken. It's like as long as he's conscious, we're fine. The the city won't be destroyed. And he just does a like full blown wily coyote ran off the cliff. Doesn't realize he's not standing on anything, and then just clunks his head on a rock or something. In some ways, it was like a uh, million dollar baby situation. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, you're right. He did survive, of course, because uh, he, he had to. Everybody lives, but. At the same time, I know they're they're just big problems. I don't get why the, the reveal that Hody is just an empty-eyed psycho was treated with like it was more of a big reveal than like any other villain. I don't remember another time in One Piece when somebody just says, "I'm about to tell you what the villain's deal is." Like, can you imagine this- at like yeah. the end of uh, Alabasta or something? Fucking Pell oh, just goes, "Now I'm gonna tell you what Crocodile's deal is." <laughs> <laughs> when it's like. If it's a good villain, you, you you don't need to tell us. Like like we've been taking it in the whole time. We get it. <laughs> um, this weird convoluted like flashback thing with Luffy doing like an Ocean's Eleven. Like actually, I secretly freed my crewmates. You know, an hour ago, and, and it's like I don't know him beating um, the main villain. Also, like I literally didn't know what happened until after they said, "Oh, I guess the fight's over." Oh no, I'm I'm giving it a B. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I read it no problem. I had a good time doing it. It's just, yeah, I I, I like Fishman Island. I think that it, it is maybe a bit underrated, but it is still really hard to argue against it being one of the, I'd say, bottom three arcs in the whole series. Um, can't wait to move on and get into more fun stuff. Um, yeah, I know. I, I almost wish it was a little bit longer, <laughs> if anything, just to have a little bit more hangout time in it, because I, I like the hangout more than the conflict. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. You can always email us at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. 
We do. We really do. <laughs> we, and, we so do. And until next time, ahoy. 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 Ahoy.